Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim and the topic of our podcast today is Earl Leonard Nelson, better known as the Gorilla Murderer. He was a serial killer, one of the first serial killers in U.S. history. Uh, by, back in the early part of the 20th century, we're going to talk about his dastardly deeds. But before we do, let me introduce uh, my colleague, uh, the very esteemed, the uh, recently knighted recently? Sir... Sir Colonel Reverend Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm doing wonderful, Timmy, and I think we're going to just shorten it out to Sir Colonel sometimes. You think it's getting a little pretentious, your, your, well, all your titles? because now i got to go up to DePaul. Right. Um, their graduation ceremonies are going to be in, this, in Chicago. This week in Chicago, where Taylor goes. And mm-hmm. I've been going up there a lot, and I'm afraid that they're going to bestow an honorary doctorate on me. Are you? And what did, what <laughs> creates that fear for you? I live in fear of that, Timmy, because I say... You don't want to be doctor. You don't want to have to talk. I don't want to have to put that PhD behind my name. Yeah. I don't want to have to have people refer to me as Sir, Colonel, Doctor, Reverend. It's which order do you put them in. Right. It, you know, so... Well, I can, you know, I can, I can understand that. Uh, you, you know, you have a lot of titles. You're a man of yeah. great many titles. Now, you, as you know, Colonel, uh, we're missing uh, one of our. We're making missing our co-host. Today. And you know, I really feel like um, that we're we're doing a story. But I feel like when the devil's not here is when we should do the intellectual stuff. Don't well, you? yeah, I mean, yeah. She she obviously is functioning at a lower level than us. Um, <laughs> a much and, lower level. Than and us. so when she's not around, we can do the more high highbrow type. Of exactly. Topics. I mean, we could do we could do the Federalist Papers. Oh, we could do stuff yeah, like that. But we, we could I mean, talk how about, you gonna involve the devil in something well, like that? You can't. I mean, can, can we really talk about Aristotle or Socrates? <laughs> yeah, we might as well bring Rudy in. I'm right, right. you know, Pluto's, you know, I mean, I mean, mean, because when they get into ethics, you don't know what the word is. That's what I mean. So, uh, we, although we miss Brandy today, we're going to be able to, you know, do a, do a high level quality podcast that we would not be able to do 
Uh, with Without the, all the vulgarity, because yeah. a girl brings so much vulgarity to the yeah. table. I mean, you couldn't really talk about <clears throat> Plato's analogy of the cave with exactly. Brandy. Right, no, because, right. you know, she'd be giggling talking about vaginas. Yeah, exactly. Know? She, you know, she's just... Uh, she's just hung up on sexual innuendo and stuff. Always, like, yeah. it's always Double something dirty with her. Yeah, I don't know what. Yeah. It, I, I try to tell her. Our listeners don't like that. Our listeners are here to be educated, informed, and want to learn things. And she she drags it down in the mud all the time. <laughs> she does. She just drags it down. Okay, I got some shout outs, Colonel. I'm going to do a few, and then you can do a few. Uh, I like to give a shout out to Cindy Lou uh, to. Uh, Mike Freeman to Marvin down in Australia to Deanna uh, to Lisa Yakis um, to Rochelle and to Bree up in Canada uh, to Celine Kim Taylor Erica Teresha Trisha uh, to Lydia uh, to Leah and uh, also to uh, Alicia and Chip. As well as, did I say Mike Freeman? Mike Freeman, uh, thank you all for listening. I said Mike Freeman or not. Well, we appreciate your support. Uh, who 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 would you like to give a shout out to before we uh, get started? You know what? I had a few. You got Cindy Lou, right? Yeah. Um, let me see. I got a few here, Timmy, that I want to I wanna get on and... Okay. Not that I want to literally get on. I want to. Did I mention Mar- Mary Ray? Out. I want to give a shout out to Mary Ray as well. She she made a, a uh, history dweebs blanket for Brandy and uh, with the history dweebs logo, and it's really yeah. Cool. That was amazing. Yeah, wasn't uh, it? yeah. She does I mean, amazing. She does work. some amazing work there. So and, um, uh, you know, you got Elise and mm-hmm. right. Yes. Um, Jennifer. Did you get Jennifer Burdick? Yep. Okay. So I think you got everybody. I'll get my regulars, my Lady Beverly. Yes. Um, and Kim, John Kim. White, with, and Lady Beverly, and, of course, Dottie. Yeah, okay. So that's a good amount of shout-outs. And thank for all of you who follow us on the History Tweets, the podcast page, um, the group page. If you don't um, follow us, please do. It's History Dweebs, the podcast. It's a group page on Facebook. Um, please join us. Okay, let's talk about Earl Leonard Nelson, Colonel, better known as the Gorilla Murderer. Now, he didn't kill gorillas. He just looked like one. That's how he got his name. Uh, in uh, February 1926, uh, Earl Leonard Nelson began a 18-month rampage from one end of the United States to the other, known up into Canada, And on his way, he took out no less than 26 women, which was a record at the time. All victims were women, um, all boarding, uh, although some, he did, uh, I think one of them was actually a child. All boarding, uh, most of them were boarding house landladies. Um, All were raped and strangled. He was also known as the Dark Strangler. So The Dark Strangler. He had two nicknames. That's a hell of a name for a murderer. Yeah, it's a badass name, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Nelson, Earl Leonard Nelson, uh, was an odd-looking man. He had a receding forehead, protruding lips, and huge hands. That's how he got his name, the Gorilla Murderer, because he kind of looked like a gorilla. See, I thought he used gorillas to kill people. I thought this was going to be one of those really interesting. Yeah, he picked the gorilla up by his feet and swung it at people or something. What do you, or yeah. he, you mean he thought he like threw people? To, he had a gorilla that he fed people to or something. I thought he had um, 
I thought he had a gorilla. No. He just trained to kill people. Nah, that would have been cool, though. That would be the murder in the Rue Morgue. Murders in the Rue Morgue. Yeah. That? Yeah. That would have been cool. And it would be like the alligator man. Yeah. Did. Yeah. Anyway, uh, young Earl was born on May 12, 1897, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And, of course, that was just three days after my birthday and two days after the devil's birthday. Yeah. In May 12, not 1897, but, you know, the day, the month and the day. Yeah. Um, Nelson's childhood was a difficult one. His mother and father both died of syphilis before he Nelson turned two. Both that is a syphilis. Hey, both had the oh, syphilis. Oh, not the not the runny penis. Yeah, the runny wiener. Yeah, that that yeah, that's no good. You gotta you gotta try to stay away from the syphilis if you can, Colonel. That's but why God makes condoms. Yeah, and sometimes I use extra strength. You ever use the rib ones? To, well, for more pleasure for her. They're ribbed for her pleasure, and I don't really care about her pleasure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so only if they were ribbed inside if out. If they were ribbed, if they were inverted ribbed, yeah. where it was like, oh, it's like a tiny bunch of tiny little fingers massaging your junk. Did you ever, when you was a kid, did you ever see those uh, French ticklers? Mm-hmm. They had like big long feathers at the end yeah. of them, and... I, I, I don't. I can't imagine those things worked very they well. They seem very comfortable. Uh, no, no. I, but I remember them as a kid. Everyone, you got to get a French tickler because it drives women wild. I, I, they didn't. I mean, it was just like a condom with a little feather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looked like it would get broke. <laughs> it did. Yeah, I'm not sure what that was all about. It looked like a rooster head. And then, it, yeah, some of them had like, mm. yeah, the, yeah, they had like uh, some of the little. Per- uh, some of them were protruding, and anyway, I use double insulated condoms. To me, it adds to the girth. You know, they say that uh, you have, there's a higher risk of catching diseases and, uh, or at least pregnancy, when you use two condoms. I, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. So, because some people think that you use two condoms, they're safer. Mm-hmm. Actually, you're more at risk. I guess they slide off easier or something. All right, so his mom and dad, Nelson's mom and dad, both had syphilis and died of syphilis before he was two years old, just like um, Al Capone. He had syphilis, right? He got syphilis. Um, Nelson uh, was then raised by his maternal grandmother, and guess what, Colonel? She was a devout Pentecostal. Oh! So you know she was talking in tongues. Yeah, she was handling snakes, talking in tongues. Yeah. If any Pentecostals out there, I apologize, but we love to make fun of Pentecostals. Yeah. I don't like to make fun of the Amish people because they're just nice. Have you ever Have you ever been to a Pentecostal service before? I'll tell you a quick quick story, Timmy. I went to dinner with a bunch of friends. There was uh-huh. about 12 people that Renee worked with. Mm-hmm. And one girl had to cancel at the last minute. And uh, she was a Pentecostal. Okay. And they just said, where's where's Michelle? And I said she had to cancel. She's got to get ready for church Sunday. She had to get those snakes fed. Had to get. And Renee says to me, Chuck, that's enough. And I was like, no, you know, she's Pentecostal. You get right, it. You yeah. got a snake handle and she got to go, you know, mm-hmm. learn her tongue. She got to learn, learn the tongue language and practice wobbling her head and sticking out a tongue and speaking gibberish and, and get to notice <laughs> for snakes. And, uh, and Renee's like, Chuck, enough. And, I was, and I'm laughing like hell, you know, I just right. amused myself. Right. Being inappropriate as possible. Uh, until as after the dinner, the, the people that I'm telling these jokes to that work with Renee are also Pentecostals. Oh, they so were, you were offending everyone. I was offending everyone at the table, yeah. <laughs> 
You had egg on your face. <laughs> I did. I did not know it till I did not know it till I left. And when I left, I found that even more amusing. <laughs> Much to Renee's chagrin. Yeah, she probably wasn't amused. So anyway, his grandmother required that Nelson study the Bible one hour longer than he studied his school lessons each day. So, like, if he go to school and he had six hours of classes, he'd have to study the Bible seven hours. So the boy didn't get much sleep, apparently. Yeah, he was on no baseball teams. No, no, he didn't have a – he probably wasn't playing soccer or anything. Yeah. He was uh, He was not permitted, actually, to play or do anything frivolous that his aunt considered a sin. It wouldn't be on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. He spent most of his time alone or at church. Now, when he was 11 years old, Earl uh, was showing off to a group of his uh, neighborhood youngsters riding his bike that he inherited from his uncle. So I guess his uncle died and he left him his bike. And guess they didn't buy him a bike. He had to inherit it from his dead uncle. <laughs> he was racing in front of a streetcar. And he was knocked to the ground when the trolley clipped the back end of his bike. So our friend uh, Earl's not too intelligent. We can tell that right away. He was rendered unconscious by a horrific head injury and spent the next um, week floating between awareness and delirium. After he woke up, his behavior became very erratic, and he suffered frequent headaches and memory losses. He also uh, uh, experienced seizures. The accident left a hole in his temple. So he had a, <laughs> he had a hole in his head. He was like a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I wonder if he could spout out. <laughs> I wonder if he could spout out. Yeah. Um, you know, have you ever heard people say, I will skull fuck you? He could actually yeah. have somebody do that to him. I'll yeah, or, you know, people. people say, I need that like I need a hole in the head. He actually, <laughs> yeah. he actually had a hole in his head. Oh, he could, yeah. Like you can say, I need, I need that like I need another hole in the head. Yeah, another hole in the head. Yeah. Um, so anyway, after this injury, his moods grew more oppressive. Uh, he had very, uh, periods where he was manic, and he took to walking on his hands, <laughs> walking on his hands, <laughs> trying to lift heavy chairs or other objects with his teeth. <laughs> yeah, you ever wonder that people that have these really horrible head injuries... Um, and I, yeah, but walking on your hands and trying to lift heavy furniture with your teeth. Yeah. It never makes them smarter. <laughs> it never makes them in a better mood. Ooh. It never it was le- never like, you know, George was a real prick and then that anvil fell on his head and then all of a sudden he everybody loved him. He was yeah, doing community yeah, service. Yeah, and, I think it kinda of, it, it's never a good outcome. <laughs> It's not. But, you know, he could have got a job as it went with a moving company if he could actually move a uh, sofa with his teeth. Yeah. You know, you got. I wonder if his grandma had a spray bottle like I do with the cats. <laughs> Don't do that shit. It's good. Um, one of his most peculiar habits, though, was his style of eating. You'll appreciate this, uh, Colonel. At dinner, he would drench his food with olive oil, put his face to the plate, and slurp up his meal like a caged beast. <laughs> It's kind of like that. Much to the disgust of his uh, table mates, his uncle William and his aunt Lillian. So, so they, they weren't taking him to the Russian tea room. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, you were, you don't really want to take him out. I mean, you don't even want to take him out to, to Apple, even to Applebee's, yeah. man. Yeah, his table manners left something to be desired. The other children in the home began con- uh, taunting him. 
and calling him an animal. Uh, this combined with their age differences distanced him from the other children in the home who uh, acted like his siblings but were, in fact, his aunt and his uncle. You know, it's always weird when the uncle, the the nephew or niece is older than their aunt and uncle. I always See, get confused. I'm very close to that because I have nieces that are just a few years younger than me. Yeah. But I mean, it happens a lot. I just it's it always blows my mind. It's a thing. Yeah, it always blows my mind when that happens. Um, He would often leave. (laughs) He would often leave for school dressed in one of the uh, set of clean clothes and return home wearing a completely different outfit. (laughs) Most of them more shop worn and filthy than the ones he set out wearing. (laughs) So I don't know where he's getting these clothes. It it was a trading time at lunch. It's like hey. The little ratty kid in the neighborhood, he'd be like, I'll trade you my pants for yours. Yeah, Look at these. They're already broken and worn in, comfortable. Yeah, well, apparently he got, you know, they were taking him to the cleaners with that. Um, he was obsessed with the Bible. Uh, even as a child, he, but even as a child, he failed to heed the golden rule or the Ten Commandments. Let me tell you what he did. He was expelled in the seventh grade because of his uh, behavior. Among the other children, he was known as a loner who mostly was withdrawn and whose temper was aroused as, uh, and he was fearful and violent. More than once, uh, an irritated shopkeeper caught Earl stealing uh, trivial items from his store and summoned his grandmother. So he was a thief. He didn't get along with others at school. Um, now, Nelson's grandmother died uh, two years after the great San Francisco earthquake when he was 14 years old. Uh, and so he went to live with his aunt and his uncle, as we said. Uh, now, his aunt was 10 years older than uh, him, his aunt Lillian. And she was Lillian. Lillian! She, she was uh, fond of, of him. Uh, so she tried to overlook his eccentrics. Eccentricities. Eccentricities. Uh, yes, she tried to overlook that because uh, family. <laughs> family hard was, to overlook. Uh, yeah, when he, when he's Don't leaving. Don't let the animal in here for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to overlook. He's slopping up his dinner and he's leaving home with a good uh, in a nice outfit on and comes home with some shitty clothes. Um, you know though. How many of us, Timmy? Because you know we we typically all eat lunch alone in our offices. Right. And how many times have you been in there and looked for a napkin? And you're like, ah, fuck it. I just wipe my right. face on this. On your shirt, yeah. Yeah, I got... But I don't, I don't... I don't drench my food with olive oil, though. <laughs> that couldn't be healthy. <laughs> and I wonder if that's before all the olive oil was fake. I don't know. It was Did you see that on the news? No. The majority of olive oil that you're buying in stores mm-hmm. is not real olive oil. I it's like canola oil. Well, kind of back then it may have been, though. Yeah, it probably it was. was. In the 20s. Seemed like it'd be bad for your cholesterol. Yeah. Well, he had other issues <laughs> to worry about. He got a hole in his head after all. <laughs> <laughs> he had a series of menial jobs. Did you see a picture of this guy? Yeah, yeah. He, he looks goofy. We'll post a, <laughs> we'll post a picture of him. Uh, he had a series of menial jobs, keeping one until his strange behavior or his laziness made it impossible for, for the employer <laughs> to keep him on. Now, I've always told my boys, Timmy, there's two things you can't be in this world, stupid and lazy. Yeah. It's a terrible combination. <laughs> yeah, we went the other. It's like being old and fat. You can't be old and or You can be fat or you can be old. Oh, but, but you ain't going to be both. <laughs> exactly. And I've always told the boys, you can be smart and lazy and get by. Uh-huh. You can be dumb 
and work your ass off and get by. Uh-huh. But you can't be dumb and lazy. And it that, just don't work. No, and that's what our friend Earl was. Uh, he would rarely finish an assignment at work, and he often just wandered off the work site never to return. <laughs> and if he did return, he had different clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, yeah, so... Um, just like he had done as a young boy, as you said, leaning into this, Earl would often leave home for work in work clothes and return home in a completely different set of clothes. I don't know what I don't know what the hell is up with that, man. He could do this. How's he pulling this off? Hey, but it's apparently he's downgrade. I mean, you know, it's like driving a you know driving to work in a Honda come, I mean, yeah, coming back in a Honda or something. I don't know. He never grew uh, outgrew his rough temper. He had a temper, and um, he, he grew to the point where his aunt became even afraid of him. She loved him, but she became afraid of him. Oh, yeah, watching him eat one time and made me afraid of him. Now, as a young man, Nelson was a daydreamer and a compulsive masturbator. <laughs> Who among us, Timmy? <laughs> so he's masturbating. He's got a hole in his head. He's He's, he's, you know, he's suck, sucking up his olive oil, and he's you know downgrading his uh, wardrobe. I mean, he's got a lot going on there. <laughs> he wasn't. This is and not maybe, the guy you want your daughter bringing. No, no. Uh, he, he he apparently had a very uh, active sexual appetite. So he's you know he's in San Francisco. So he starts frequenting prostitutes near Fisherman's Wharf when he was 15 years old. I've been out Fisherman's Wharf. I remember seeing hookers out there, man. <laughs> he was, he I must have missed that. Fisherman. Yeah, he was. Yeah, probably, probably. I mean, it was a good place for him with all the sh- you know ships coming in and stuff. Um, he read the Bible compulsively, underlining numerous passages, but also shocked his aunt by talking smut and spying on his female cousin as she stripped for bed. So he was <laughs> he was a bit of a voyeur. He, was, he had a lot of stuff. He had man. a lot of shit going I on. I like this guy. Was, you know my question, the question that they asked, which serial killer would I like to meet? Yeah. I think it's him. Okay, you got a new favorite. Yeah. Uh, he read the Bible compulsively, as I said, underlined the passage. When he was not uh, preoccupied with voyeurism or the scripture, he spent a lot of time... Uh, well, a lot masturbating. <laughs> or masturbating. <laughs> he spent the rest of his time in the basement uh, sitting in the dark. <laughs> You know, I've been, I, I feel your pain now, brother. I spend a lot of time sitting in the basement in the dark myself. Oh, my God. At age 15, uh, Edward Nelson began to drink heavily, often disappearing for days at a time on, his al- on an alcoholic binge. So, yeah, as if he don't have enough problems. <laughs> Dude's going to become an alky now. He spent his money, whatever money he had, he gave some of his money to his aunt working these odd jobs until he got fired. Uh, but he spent most of them on uh, pornography of the day. Good and, investment? Because yeah. right now, if I, if I had all that pornography, what time frame was this, Timmy? The 1920s, 1926. You know how much money that vintage pornography yeah, was oh, worth? Yeah. He, he, yeah, but I don't think he was investing in it. <laughs> Well, it's like baseball cards, Timmy. You can't fold the corners and you can't get the pages all sticky. Yeah, I think that's, (laughs) yeah. Uh, So um, he would often um, carry on conversation with invisible friends and enemies. Uh, He was was known to walk around the house on his hands. (laughs) I still don't get that. (laughs) 
and increasingly frequently became uh, 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 he would be uh, in get into fights and he would with his invisible friends. <laughs> Yeah, the dude has a hole in his head. Don't I mean, he probably me, needs to be checked out. Now, Aunt Lillian, this Lillian, <laughs> now raising two children of her own, as well as this psycho, <laughs> uh, she gave up trying to this one because he grew up and he became a you know teenager and he, he became bigger and you know you become stronger and he wasn't a little <laughs> kid anymore and he's walking around. You know, on, his, on his hands. On his hands and lifting up the sofa with his teeth or whatever. Uh, he, so That's why they can't have nothing nice. Finally, he moved out, and she was happy about that. And although she loved him, she was happy he moved out. Um, his... Um, he uh, So he moved out to uh, and lived, started living on his own. Uh, and he just went from job to job around Northern California... Uh, he, he was really restless. He wouldn't stay in one place at a time. He would stay in these, like these, uh, uh, you know, he would get a, a room for rent, you know, like these, how they used to rent rooms. How, how I guess they still do. I guess that's Air, Air and B now, right? But back in the day, they would rent, you know, if you had an extra room or bedroom, people would let them out and rent them, and he. He would uh, that he just go from one flop house to the next, basically. Like basically, um, he would disappear um, for days at a time. His whereabouts were unknown. Um, he started doing petty crime uh, as long as well as taking occasional odd jobs to get by. Um, it was this time in, in need of money. He broke in what he thought was an abandoned cabin, only to be surprised on his way out by the owner. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he was walking on his hands or whatever, but uh, <laughs> he, fl- he fled to the nearby woods, but he was tracked down by a posse and arrested. Caught red-handed, it was an open and check case, and he would uh, quickly tried and convicted of breaking and entering. Um, he was just a little over 18 at this time. He got two years in San Quentin for this, so he, he did uh, prison when he was 18. After prison, he joined the U.S. Navy. And he was reprimanded as a you know uh, in the navy for stealing other sailors' underwear and personal belongings. You can't have nothing around this guy. No. Um, <laughs> but he'd steal your cheap shit and leave the good shit behind, and, and leave his good stuff yeah. behind. He'd steal your wallet but leave his when he yeah. had no money in it. It did take long for him to realize uh, Nelson to realize that he wasn't cut out for military life. Uh, he was ordered to stand guard one night, and uh, he just left <laughs> and headed, <laughs> headed to Salt Lake City, Utah, to become a Mormon. That's like the worst kind of uh, of uh, guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ones that leave? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he, he moved to Salt Lake and became a Mormon for a while, and he got tired of that. Uh, then he went back to the Bay Area. He bounced around there for a few months. And he thought, uh, you know what, I think I'll try the military again. So he joined the uh, Army as a medical corpsman, uh, but uh, when he, he used an assumed name to get into the Army um, in his second stint in the military, uh, he exhibited signs, this is a shock, of mental illness. Oh. Uh, he would turn violent 
and eventually he deserted again, claiming that uh, uh, the burning about his anus bothered him. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you should have that checked out, you know. When you, when you got a burnus in your anus. <laughs> if your anus is burning you, I, I can imagine it's quite uncomfortable. But, you know, when you make a commitment to the army, you kind of, they kind of expect you to stick around. Couldn't put a little olive oil on that? <laughs> so... So he refused to work in the in the army because his anus was on fire. Because his anus was burning, uh, so he spent his time just in his, uh, uh, you know, just in his uh, quarters reading the Bible and, uh, you know, prophesizing to the other soldiers uh, about yeah. So within a month uh, that he was committed to the Napa State Mental Hospital. <laughs> Uh, while at the hospital, he they did an intake on him. He admitted to masturbating uh, between 13 and 18 times a day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I gotta say, hats off to you, sir. <laughs> yeah, that's quite obsessive. I mean, where would you find time to do anything else? Well, first of all, and second, that's what he was doing in that dark basement. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he wants to say it. I mean, 13 to 18 times a day? Now, you think think about this. If you're good at it, you know, it, once you reach a certain age, you pretty much got it down. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it shouldn't take you more than 10 minutes. Shame. But even 10 minutes. That's though. 180 minutes yeah. a day. Plus, you got to That's three out. hours if you do it in 10 minutes. <laughs> Plus, you got to you got to figure at some point you you know he's going to be slow to get a Woody after about know, ten or twelve think. times. <laughs> no, you know what? If you're doing it thirteen to eighteen times a day, I imagine a Woody's coming pretty easy to you. Hey, man. Okay, he admitted that he had uh, he was an alcoholic. Blood tests uh, showed evidence that he had gonorrhea and syphilis. <laughs> I don't know if he got that from he his parents. Well, I don't know if he got it maybe from his parents. Well, that's true. He could have got it when he was or, or the whores and Fisherman's mm-hmm. Wharf, one or the other. Um, but uh, they say in the in the research it says he contracted it before his sixteenth birthday, so maybe he got it on his own. He displayed a preoccupation with religion and God. And he had a tendency to want to flee. Well, we know that. Twice he escaped from the Napa hospital in thirteen months. And he earned the nickname Houdini from other patients. <laughs> he was twice he was captured and returned. The third time he escaped in 1919, uh, but they did at that point they didn't even bother to go chase him down. Point. Nah, they just said okay. They just simply discharged him from the military. Um, on August 12, 1919, posing as Roger Wilson, uh, Earl married a young school teacher. Their relationship was short-lived, uh, with Nelson's sexual perversions and obsessive jealousy <laughs> driving the w- wife to the point of a nervous breakdown after six months. Okay, well, I don't know how he... Uh, I mean, could you do the... Are, what? Are you... Are you masturbating again? Are you masturbating again? again? <laughs> Can you just take the garbage out yeah. first? <laughs> Mow the lawn, for Christ's sake. Quit. <laughs> Don't masturbate his wife in the driveway when you're taking the garbage out. After six months of marriage, his wife's had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> the big surprise there. 
I guess it didn't work out. Uh, he visited her in a hospital. There he attempted to molest her in her bed before staff responded to her screams and drove him off. So he's trying to rape his wife as she's institutionalized. The marriage ended in divorce, surprisingly. Um, and he began to engage, Nelson began to engage in sex crimes at the age of 21. In 1921, he attempted to molest a 12-year-old girl named Mary Summers by dragging her into a basement of an abandoned building. But uh, she screamed, and um, people uh, uh, you know, people were around. They saw that, and they intervened and saved young Mary from, from Nelson. Well, once he got once they saved, he, he got committed again to the Napa State Mental Hospital. And back again? Who needs he's back? Several att- escapes and attempted escapes. He was released. That's when he started on a killing spree. Okay, in nineteen twenty-six. He takes a left here. His first victim, Clara Newman, uh, nineteen twenty-six. She was a sixteen-year-old um, widow who lived alone in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. She had been had a rooms for let sign outside her house, and he came to look, and he gained her trust. He walked up to the door with a worn-out Bible in his hand, which he probably, <laughs> he probably... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. He left that morning with a brand new Bible. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> he came back with a Yeah, he got ripped off. He raped and strangled her to death. Oh. <laughs> now, she may have been frail for a 62-year-old woman, but she apparently had a sharp head on her shoulders. She had a bunch of boarding houses throughout San Francisco and had a bunch of land holdings. Mm-hmm. She was known to be a really fastidious housekeeper, and she had a no-nonsense approach to renters. She was strict but fair. No drinking men or sailors need apply to no, one of her rooms. You know, damn sailors, man. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, you know, I got tattoos. and. Well, know. and then, you know, if the sailors are going to be there... Brandy gonna be showing up. Oh, right, right. You got the so you, you don't got that, that. You've got the loose women. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. He he's standing there with his suit and his Bible and everything. And she said she introduced himself and she introduced herself and she was kind of taken by him. 
Um, and, you know, of course, she had not invited him for a meal yet. <laughs> she did not seen his yeah. table manners. Yeah, so. You need table manners. <laughs> you do need table manners. So uh, she let him in and in doing so, admitted to get the killer into her own home. <clears throat> it was a chilly Saturday morning in February. And Nelson had no way of knowing whether anybody else was in the home or not. In fact, Clara's nephew was home alone. And uh, having seen his wife and daughter off to the store and a movie matinee. Now, sitting in his second floor apartment, he felt a chill in the air and grumbled to himself once again about the finicky furnace in the basement. Morton Newman Sr. <laughs> How would you like to have it? Morton Newman Sr. Newman. down the stairs on his way to the basement and... Past the kitchen, it was filled with the pungent smell of frying sausage. Hmm. Nothing like the pungent smell of frying sausage. <laughs> yeah. He looked inside expecting to see his aunt, only to find a frying pan with sausage cooling over an exhausting flame. Hmm. Something was amiss. He said, he thought to himself, what the hell's Aunt Clara doing? Is she getting forgetful or whatnot? Did she have any olive oil on there? Well, then he saw this large gentleman and said, can I help you? And he was surprised by this dark stranger. Couldn't get a good look at the man except to see his skin tone was dark Caucasian. Yeah, Whatever he was also known. Means. We said he was also known as the dark strangler. Yeah. He said, and the man startled said, tell the landlady I'll return in an hour. I want to rent a bedroom. And he turned and left. Now, by the time Morton got to the front door to look after the man, he'd already made it down the steps and around the house and was gone. Morton messed around with the furnace and returned to his bookkeeping chores. Several hours later, he wandered downstairs to see his aunt. As he reached the kitchen, he saw that it was exactly as he left it before, except the sausage was now sitting in a bunch of congealed fat. So he inquired with the other residents about his aunt's whereabouts, but they didn't know. The boarders began searching the house and... uh, Soon happened upon the corpse of Clara Newman, Timmy. Yeah, victim number one. Victim number one. Sources differ as where she was found, but the most lurid accounts claim she was found propped up on a toilet seat, her yes. house coat up on her hips. Mm. Others said she was in their vacant attic apartment, again, a clothes bunched up around her waist. You think he was like... Going down or, or oh god, Timmy, I, just, I don't know. I'm just throwing up. The man eats. The man eats <laughs> olive oil. You think he threw olive oil on a crotch before he did it. for poor poor victim. So, what was the most disturbing about this was a fact not shared with the press. Clara had been raped, but not until after she was dead. Ugh. Yeah, so he did He did do the nasty after He did the nasty on the Necrophilia devil. going on there. Yeah, he cleaned the corpse real good. It would be a pattern he'd repeat over the next two years. Now, victim number two was Laura Beale. Um, she was 60. She's another landlady. He raped and strangled her. Um, actually, she he, he used a garret on her, and it was tied so tightly around the neck that the skin would have been broken. Yeah. Now, once again, a postmortem revealed that she'd been raped after she was dead. Yeah, it's, it's, so he's starting to have a pattern here. Landladies, older mm-hmm. women, older women, landladies. Victim number three, Lillian. Lillian, another not, Lillian. Not the same Lillian. Not his auntie Lillian. Lillian St. Mary. She was a widow with a grown son who lived at home. She began taking in boarders. Um, he walks up, look, says he's looking for a room. 
And uh, she brings him in. She shows him the second floor apartment. He steps inside. They're talking about the rent and whatnot. And he he, hearing the she hears the lock being set behind Mm. her. Not a good sign. That's not a good sound. (laughs) You turn your turn your head and you hear someone lock your own door. It's a. So he strangled her. Um, If she tried to cry for help, nobody ever heard her. Um, one, it was one of St. Mary's other boarders that was on his way up to the third floor when he noticed the door to the vacant apartment was open. He stepped inside. He could see a woman's feet on the made-up bed. He thought that was odd. There was Lillian on the bed. Her eyes were wide open and bloodshot. They bulged because she'd been strangled and whatnot. Her clothes were torn and her dress was pushed up around her waist and her legs were splayed open. So she had been sexually assaulted? Sexually assaulted. The postmortem revealed that she'd been strangled by a man's bare hands. And after he apparently sat with his full weight on the chest as he strangled the life out of her. After she was dead? He had sex with her. He did the dirty. Did the, did the nasty. Yeah. They fornicated. So, well, he fornicated. And the body. He fornicated, yeah. yeah. And, uh... So now we're up to three. Mm-hmm. Same M.O. for every single one of them. Older women, landladies. The police know that by this time it's the same guy doing it. Yeah. The police assured us. Railroad, victim number four, Miss Ollie Russell. She was 53. Now, this railroad worker, he wasn't a gandy dancer. William Franny <laughs> was a boarder at the home of Miss Ollie Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, she was 53. And along with her husband, kept a pleasant, if not slightly run-down boarding house in Santa Barbara. <laughs> so, well, and, and it's only slightly run-down. Boarding houses, aren't they all slightly run-down? Yeah, it's kind of a place, you know, where I always picture like a, a one room and there's just like a light bulb hanging from the ceiling. And, yeah. You know, it's where alcoholics go to die. Type yeah. Of place. So anyway, um, this is kind of a kind of a weird one. Mm-hmm. So you got this railroad worker, Franny. Um, he worked at night, and he was asleep in the room on top of the floor, on the top floor of Russell's home when he awoke to the sound of a fierce banging coming from the room next door. A little aggravated, he had another disturbance to his routine. He made his way to the door and to see what the hell was going yeah, on. Yeah, shut, shut up in there. Just he knew the keyholes in the thin doors provided a view into the private lives of his neighbors, hmm. and he bent down to peek inside. He saw a large man, his pants pulled down around his knees, frenetically making thrusting movements as his female partner lay beneath him. Hmm. The banging of the bed's headboard against the wall was what woke Feeney up, which occasionally is what wakes my children. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassed, Franny withdrew, but but then curiosity got the better of him, and he leaned down to take another look. The man was wearing a shabby gray suit, but the woman's clothes were very nice. As the man finished, arose, and rearranged his clothing, clothing, Franny got a better look at the woman. Although her face was turned away, he knew that the woman was Ollie Russell. Once the man finished dressing, Franny watched as he pulled off his top hat and left the room. This railroad fireman could hear the door to the hallway open, and uh, the woman lay on the bed not saying a word. Looking closer, Franny saw what looked like blood on the bedding. That, along with the knowledge that Miss Russell was not the horniest of women, <laughs> and uh, made him a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. So he went to find George Russell and reported what he saw. So the two men returned back, and they opened the door to the unrented room. And when they saw her, her face was all battered up and beaten and discolored. And yeah. 
And there was a loop of cord tied around the neck, tight enough to tear the throat. Blood spattered all over the mattress. And uh, Nelson would follow a similar pattern with all of his victims, at least 22 in all, Timmy. Yeah, and I, I think more than that, I think the final count's like 26. But yeah. they're, they're, they're like all over the country, too. Which, yeah, which and I Canada. Yeah, and Canada, which I, I really question because... I don't know. A, a transportation 1920s cannot have been that good. No. Uh, so before there was a, a highway system. And uh, some of these, uh, I mean, most of these were in the San Francisco area or the north, uh, northwest United States. But some of them were in the Midwest and even like in Buffalo and places. I think you got a list of them there. Yeah. Well, here's some, I got a list of them and I won't go through the whole list because uh-huh. there's really no point. But what's peculiar is he ranges, he seems to prefer the older women, mm-hmm. but he goes down to 14 years old. In 1927, he raped and killed a girl. Now, two girls were killed in Winnipeg in June, one June 8th, one June 9th. This is in late 27. By in this point, late 27. By this point, he's already wanted for them. I mean, the, yeah, they're looking for they're him looking for, for all it. these other ones. Yeah, for over 20 murders. Yeah. They, all over again, all over the country. They don't know he did it. They know the same guy did yeah, it. Yeah, and they call him the dark. They the call dark, him the dark strangler, strangler or the gorilla murderer. Yeah. yeah, and she and you know so many of these follow the same pattern. They're landladies. Um, they he comes up to rent a room. He doesn't really care if there's anybody home or not. Yeah. He just strangles them, bangs them, and moves well, on. When you think about it, landladies back in the day, they were mostly women who would widowed or never married. They were trying to supplement their income by renting out their uh, rooms of their homes. Uh, you know, they would uh, sometimes that, that your your rent would include a meal, and so a lot of times these women lived alone. And so you have all these transients, you know, coming in and out, and you know it's really, you know, they're in a position where for there being an easy the easy oh, target. Yeah. And, but he, but it's very peculiar because when you get up into Canada, and that's where it gets iffy to me. Yeah, he he, he leaves the, the U.S. The victims change so much. Yeah, he leaves the U.S., moves goes to Winnipeg, I think. Yeah. And by the summer of 27, he killed 21 women and an eight-month-old baby, mm-hmm. which he throttled with a diaper. Yeah. Um, he earned money by working odd jobs and pawning the few things that he stole from his victims. Um, it was in 27 that he went into Canada from Minnesota. Um, and his first stop was in Winnipeg to a secondhand clothing store where he traded his fancy duds for workman's clothes and $1 in cash. <laughs> he was not the greatest businessman in the world. Um, that's what's funny. Maybe that's what he was doing as a kid. He was going to second. <laughs> he yeah. was downgrading it. He was downgrading It could have been. Yeah. Give me, give me a dollar. I'm going to have my pants. Yeah, so, I mean, he... So it was somewhere up in Winnipeg, supposedly met this 14-year-old girl, Lolo Cowan. Uh, she was um, helping, she was selling paper flowers door to door. Her father had pneumonia, so um, no one ever saw him with her. Mm-hmm. But the undisputable fact is they met somewhere and he succeeded in taking the unfortunate girl back into his boarding house room. Nelson slept, never slept in the room in Hill's boarding house on Smith Street, but his disappearance wasn't noticed for several days. Yeah, so he rents this room. But never sleeps there. never stays yeah. there. He was seen by other Winnipeg residents and flashed a roll of bills around. 
Um, well, a he was a baller. Yeah, he was balling by then. He confessed to his alcoholism to a passenger on a city trolley and gave the man his spare hat as a... Who the fuck carries a spare hat around with? <laughs> I don't know. This guy's giving his yeah. clothes away all the time. He gave the man his And, you know, hat. I would not be giving a hat away if I had a hole in if my head. If I had a hole in my head, I'd be wearing a side on the, yeah. hat on the side of my head and yeah. a hat on the I top mean, of my head. I mean, you get bugs in there. The breeze. You think <laughs> yeah. your anus burns. Wait yeah. till you get some burned on your hole in your head. Yeah. So, anyway, he, you know, so, it, but anyway, he, uh, then he killed Emily Patterson, um, who was just cleaning a house. She was a young girl. And he killed her and hid the body. Now, William Patterson was, you know, the girl's father. He was he was crazy frantic that night looking for his daughter. And she had last been seen that morning by a neighbor and hadn't been able to pick up. Um, she had last been seen that morning by a neighbor and hadn't been by to pick up her children. I mean, his wife, I'm sorry, not mm-hmm. his daughter. Yeah, I say, I think it was his and, wife. Uh, but she was young. I mean, yeah, she she, but she was very young. At eleven thirty, his he tucked the sons and said, tucked the sons in, said, "Mama will be home soon." Knelt by his bed and said, "Direct me to my wife." And God answered his request. For as Patterson stood up from his prayer, his leg lifted the long bedspread, revealing a glimpse of his wife's favorite wool sweater. Uh. When Patterson reached under the bed, he felt his wife's cold hand and knew immediately she was dead. He killed her and put her under the bed. Put her under the bed. Um, they. Winnipeg police came. They assumed that it was the American Dark Strangler. It had it, and they moved to Canada. Um, so now it's like an international manhunt for this guy now. Yeah. Um, now Miss Hill, who he rented the room from up in Winnipeg, she was trying to cooperate, but she couldn't believe that this nice Christian man that she rented a room in a house to a few days before could be who the police were searching for. She'd not seen him. By this time, he's going by Mr. Woodcoats. <laughs> That's Mr. Woodcock? That's not name. I mean, Woodcoats. Who do you know named Woodcoats? <laughs> Nobody. That's, yeah. You could go through a... You could, well, they pull that one out of the telephone book. Yeah, you couldn't, get, you couldn't even get it out of a telephone book. Right. There ain't no Woodcoats around because there ain't no much, so much thing as a Woodcoat. What kind of hell thing would a Woodcoat be anyway? So <laughs> you get splinters. <laughs> yeah, you would. So anyway, she had not seen the pleasant Mr. Woodcoat since he paid her a dollar and left with the promise of three more on Friday. That was not so unusual. However, when the police left, Catherine went directly to his room, and when no one responded to her knock, she let herself in. Mm. The room stunk of decay. Uh-oh. As if the man had left some meat uncovered, but the bed had not been slept in, and the towel she had left was unused. Mrs. Hill then began to suspect that Mr. Woodpecker... <laughs> Had skipped out on her, and perhaps she should notify the police. <laughs> There's something in the room. As Miss Hill headed to the precinct house, another boarder, descending this, coming down the stairs, happened to glance at just the right angle into the woodpecker's room to see something that looked like a mannequin or a doll under the bed. Coming closer for a better look, it was clear the boarder had discovered little Lola Cowan. She was only 14 years uh. old. Like so many others before her, she had been strangled and raped. But this time, Nelson had made a series of mistakes to me. What did he do? How did he make a mistake? His face had become known to too many people in a relatively small city. Oh, yeah. So he, 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 mm-hmm. he first of all, he was an American. Yeah. And he was in a small town in Canada. In Canada. And yeah. he, he kind of stood out. 
And he left witnesses at the rooming house where he pretended to be Mr. Woodpecker. <laughs> Woodcoat. Woodcoats. And he, and he, you know, raped and killed a young girl. That's a mistake. Yeah. So now not only was the entire Royal County Mounted Police Force looking for him, and what happens with the Royal Mounted Canadian Police, Timmy? I don't know. What happens? They always get their man. They always get their man. They always, Dudley Do-Right was all over this case. He was case, all over it. So everybody, including the citizenry, were looking for him. Yeah, so they had, they had like a little posse out looking for him. Yeah, so he was five miles from the U.S. border when the lawmen caught up with him. His description had spread both far and wide over across every border. He was stopped in a general store in Wacopa to buy food. He was recognized by the store owner and a patron, and they knew about the $1,500 reward, so they notified the law. That's Canadian dollars, though. It's a loony. It probably wasn't worth, it probably wasn't worth very much. That's still a lot. Yeah, maybe. Well, it says $1,500. Yeah, it might have been U.S. So, dollars. Yeah. Or Canadian dollars. Well, Nelson was headed out, out of town on a southbound train, where, um, aware that he'd been spotted. Got about a mile and a half away from Wacopa when the local constable appeared in front of him, revolver drawn. Oh. Earl immediately raised his hand and surrendered. A parade of witnesses from Canada and the United States identified Earl with the hole in his head. I mean, it's not like, turn to the left. Oh, yeah, that's him. That's him right there. It's the guy with the hole in his head. Mm, that's why they called him the woodpecker. Looked like, it looked like somebody pecked a hole in the side of his head. Woodcoats. By, by the end of his first week in custody, more than 40 people had viewed him in lineups of photographs and placed him at or near the scene of a murder. Yeah, when you Most damning. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Most damning was the Winnipeg boarding house keeper, Mrs. Hill, that nosy little bitch. <laughs> that bitty. <laughs> that nosy little bitty. She positively identified him as the man who had rented the room in which Lola Cowan had been brutally murdered and raped. Witnesses as far back as Merton Newman, the only person who had seen Nelson within moments of him having committed a crime, pointed him out. Almost to a person, they pointed out his dark, piercing eyes as being his most memorable feature. Nelson maintained his innocence, proclaiming, Murder just is impossible for my, a man of my Christian, highly Christian ideals. Oh, yeah, that's, that's crazy talk. Yeah. Now, he said this with his dick in his hand while masturbating, <laughs> so it didn't carry a whole lot of weight with the officers. <laughs> I don't think that's true. It might not, but it probably was. Yeah, he probably he probably masturbated while he was incarcerated. <laughs> I, I'm not. Well, why? <laughs> I mean, I'm innocent. I'm highly Christian, but I have morals, you know. So anyway, don't look at me. <laughs> don't look at me. Yeah, you know, ain't nobody wants to shake his hand. No, 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 no. Between between the spunk and the olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you couldn't shake his hand. It slipped right out. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, within weeks of his final capture, he was indicted for murders in San Francisco, Portland, Detroit, Buffalo, Philadelphia. I mean, he he got around more places than the devil uh, does when yeah. the ship's in town. I'm I'm I'm, t- I'm. Here's my guess: is that he he committed a lot of those murders, but I bet they hung some on him. Oh, they hung a lot of unsolved. Because I mean, you're talking about 1926, and this guy. I mean, and these murders. 
this was like you know a what an eighteen uh, fourteen months period yeah. eighteen months period, yeah. and they got him and on the west. A lot of money. Yeah, no, a lot Unless of money. Jumping trains. Yeah, I guess he could be jumping trains, but I mean, he the, if you know if you went down that list, one day he's in Buffalo, yeah. next day he's in Kansas City. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. No, they don't. They don't make sense, and a lot of them don't have dates on them. They just yeah. have the names, but um, but I mean, they're all over the Midwest, most of the Midwest. And with the West Coast in Canada. So I think probably a lot of those, especially those out in the Northwest, he probably committed, and those in Canada. But I think some of them, they just kind of closed the Yeah, because the they got him for one on June 1st in Detroit. 1927. And one on June 3rd in Chicago. Yeah. Which is not that far apart. But they're not close. No, but I mean, you, you, he pretty much just have to jump a train. And, and then five days later, two more in Winnipeg. Yeah. Which he did do the Winnipeg ones, but... I just Philadelphia, think, Buffalo, Kansas City. For, you know. Yeah, I mean they got him on the East Coast and Philadelphia. That's why yeah. I mean I'm 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 guessing that he, some of those they just wanted to close the books on and and but they were all the same. Uh, it was all the same mo though. They were all yeah, did the uh, same thing. All the elderly time. Uh, landladies. Well, not straight. all of them. Some that's weird. Well, in Canada, got to Canada, yeah, he started joining yeah, young girls. Yeah. Um. And so it was. It was anyway. He was indicted everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so within weeks, um, it's pretty clear, however, that he was first going to be tried in Manitoba, which still had the death penalty. Yeah. Nelson likely would never make it to the United States to answer for his crimes. It was a foregone conclusion that the jury was going to find him guilty. And he's not going to make it out of Canada. Yeah. yeah. The judge is going to send him to hang, and the jury did not disappoint. After less than half an hour of deliberation, they returned a guilty verdict, and Andrew Judge Hangin' Andrew Dysart pronounced the death sentence. Nelson stood and stared blankly as he was condemned, as if he didn't even understand or care what the judge just said. On the day before his execution, Nelson met with family members of two of his victims, including Lower Cowan's mother, but refused to yield in his claim of innocence. Finally, the time came for his hanging, and he went peacefully, still proclaiming that he was innocent. On January 28th, the guerrilla killer, as merciful a death as is possible for a hangman, was hung. It is more than just a curious coincidence that his cause of death was officially strangulation. Mm. The dark strangler's preferred method of dispatching his victims. So that is the story of the guerrilla killer. Ain't one goddamn gorilla in that whole story that misled me. Earl Leonard Nelson. Yeah, if you're going to call, if you're gonna call somebody an alligator killer, a pig killer, you think they're going to be a pig in that story. Well, I think he looked like a gorilla. That's what they were trying well, to say. Well, yeah, he was kind of swarthy. Yeah. Uh, walked uh, he Had a hole in his head. Walked on his knuckles like a gorilla. <laughs> walked on his hands. Yeah. And lifted furniture with his teeth. <laughs> well, even gorillas don't do that. Yeah, I know. So what do you think about Earl Leonard Nelson, the gorilla murderer, Colonel? I do not think I want to go out to dinner. <laughs> I do not think I want to go out to dinner. You think he should work on his table manners? Well, and I, the one reason I don't want to go out to dinner with him is he can't wash his hands enough. It'd be like, no, don't pass me nothing. Don't even pass me the salt. You know, you wonder how, what kind of, you know, back in like uh, the 19th century, you wonder what kind of, you know, they had limited, you know, things were limited then. You wonder what kind of hygiene habits people had back then. I mean, you always see these. You know, in the movies, you see guys like Daniel Boone and all of them with you know their their, their 
clean cut and, oh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, clean clothes. And you know those guys had to look like shit in real life. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they probably, you know, they the probably... hygiene was poor. Oh, but, yeah. They you probably, know. you know, bathed once a month, if that. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, so probably, he was... You know, and, he, you know, he put olive oil on everything and, you know, sucked it up. All right, yeah. Colonel, so where can people find us? Well, if you want to, if you're so inclined to find us... Um, <laughs> after this podcast. After this podcast, um, you can find us on, uh, let's see... Twitter. At History Dweebs 1. You can go to Facebook. Now, we got our serious History Facebook page, and it's, it's pretty much History Dweebs. On this day, History Dweebs. Yeah, on this date, we got a lot of stories. And we got History Dweebs, the podcast. Now, That's a that group. That is a very interactive group. Um, we share life stories, life whatever. Um, yeah, a lot of cool people on there. A lot of very interesting people on there. Um, you can find us on Stitcher. Mm hmm. You can go to iTunes, leave us a review. Yes. Unless you're going to leave us a bad review. If you're going to leave us a review that says, don't do the shout outs, don't do this, <laughs> don't do this, just put save your breath. <clears throat> save your breath and say, you know, because I can't respond and say kiss my ass to you, okay? And it yeah, frustrates me. You know, we get a lot of we get a lot of suggestions, and a lot of times people want us to cut out the shout outs, but we're going to keep doing them. Because we like them and we like our group, so well, instead you know, of instead of why don't you embrace the shoutouts? Join History Dweebs, the podcast group on Facebook. I think you'll like all the people there, and the folks there are the ones that get the shoutouts. So join us, and um, I think you'll enjoy it. We 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 are a pretty tight knit group, and well, and a lot of cool people there. Yeah, and you have. Uh, did we throw in Alan Wadsworth and Nicola Reed? Uh, I think we did last time, but a shout-out to Alan and Nicola. Yeah. And a happy birthday to Tara. We forgot that. Yes, and to Tasha. And to Tasha. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Tara. One of the things I like about the people that come um, to our thing, Timmy, mm -hmm. come to the page. Also, happy birthday, belated birthday to Christine. Yeah. Uh, Christine, how do you pronounce that last name, Colonel? Christine. Let me see where we are here, Timmy. Bourgeois. Bourgeois. I'm going to go with bourgeois. Yes. And Trish Hillard, thank you for listening. Um, Kirsty Ramsden. Uh, yeah, Kirsty's really cool. She's on yeah. Team Timmy. Yeah, Shannon Rossett, I believe she's on Team Colonel. Oh, yeah, Shannon, yeah. Shannon. Um, we don't- Jennifer Burdick, she's on the Team Colonel. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Laura? Any of these are. And Stephanie, we ain't heard from Stephanie. Ain't been very Stephanie happy. Q. You know who we haven't heard from? Canute. I know. Canute, give us a canute. Send us an email. Let us yeah. know how you're doing. How about a storm? How stormed on? And uh, okay, and then Marvin, of course. Yeah, uh, Celine. Uh, I think we mentioned Tasha, and of course, as always, Brittany and Chris. Um, and I've said this before, Timmy. People don't seem. I don't know if people have a real firm grasp on this. Mm-hmm. All we are is two guys sitting with a $99 microphone and an <laughs> Apple computer. Yeah. that's So if you expect it, well, I think my headphones cost me six ninety nine, and yours yeah. are about $20 or something. <laughs> our expenses is really the hosting, the site, the hosting. It's the But you're not getting... And our website. You're not going to... We're not NPR, for fuck's sake. Okay? <laughs> so, I think people have figured that out by <laughs> now. <laughs> if you want... If you want NPR, go listen to NPR. Yeah. We hope that we entertain the people that are listening. 
Um, I want to shout out to Cindy Saint, who is a friend of Mike Birdsall, who just recently joined oh, yeah? the group. Yeah. I don't know if they're like, uh, they're friends. I don't know if they have a relationship or not, but uh, we, we're glad that uh, Cindy joined us. And Allie and Charlie, they have the Insight Podcast. Yeah, the Insight Podcast. And it, you know what? I, I regret to say this. I got to listen to the first one. I have yet to be able to listen, but I have it's really good. not been able to listen to the podcast. Oh, it's really good. They're, they're going to do a really good job. They do a really good job, and they've got some really interesting topics coming up. And if there is a, you know, they, they deal with mysteries uh, mm-hmm. and cr- true crime. So if that is your interest, then definitely check out Insight. I only get to listen to about a third of our podcasts. I, I listen to them all because I have to. Uh, well, I try to edit some of them. Trixie, you want to say hi to Trixie and Erica? Trixie, you crazy ass, how you doing? Yeah. And uh, I, I posted something on my Facebook wall about guns today, and Cindy Lou had a had a comment on that. that Cindy Lou, yeah. Cindy Lou, I, I think she has a. I think me and Cindy might have the same, but a little bit different political opinions when it comes to that, but. That's why it's a big world. It is. Everybody and has we, a, So we appreciate all of you listening. And uh, if you have a birthday coming up, uh, send us a message, and we'll make sure to give you a shout-out uh, on the next podcast. And my birthday is December 7th. It's yeah. coming up. It's um, six months away. Yeah, I know, but you can't be telling people. Uh, Father's Day is Sunday. Um, oh, if anybody yeah. wants to send anything to the Colonel, for I got four children and a dog. Yeah. Well, happy Father's Day, Colonel, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Yeah, happy Father's Day to every one of you. Okay. Uh, hopefully, so, you get something nice and have a good time with your family. Hopefully, you get some sex. I got my I got my boy in town, and he. Uh, yeah, I, I told you this. He, he I, cynical Taylor. Oh, Taylor is in town. Taylor's in town, and he was ranting and raving about his internship last night. And he was because he went to his counselor, and he said, "How do you people get by with this?" He said, "You make me not only are you making me go somewhere and work for free. Basically, it's indentured <laughs> it is, servitude." It is. Kind he of said, a "But not only that, not only that, you people. Now this is ta- this is truly Taylor. This mm-hmm. is the essence of this boy. He's sitting there with his counselor, and he's not." Uh, he's actually truly angry and confused and wants an explanation mm-hmm. and he says you, you're making me work for somewhere for free and you're charging me money to go work for free yeah it is a pretty screwed up system I agree with him there yeah so he's he's a funny kid to listen to yeah it makes a good point though yeah he does okay so uh, thank you all for listening And uh, we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Good day. Bye, everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.